and welcome to episode 469 of Box Seats, where we are reeling with six NFL wildcard games and a uh, massive trade day for the NBA. I'm uh, your host, Sid Conquer, along with co-host? I don't know what this guy's role is, really. He just, he just shows, keeps showing up every week, so I figured I'd let him talk. Chase Carnahan. Chase, how the hell are you? I'm pretty good. Thanks for asking. Uh, I like to call myself right, the, the brain, t- brain trust of this podcast. Uh, I'm going to talk over you for as long as possible, ideally. Um, talking, 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 talking. Me taking up all the, all the airwaves. Talking, 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 and uh, let's get to it. It's a real shame that we can't mute each other. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. How weird. Should we turn into like a first take podcast where we just yell nonsensically over each other? Yeah, but the thing is you have to do it with, well, one person is going to have to use minimum four syllable words at all times. And the other person is going to have to like start screeching at one point. So I can use Stephen A when we skip. I think Fox is more entertaining when they get like, what's the show with Nick Wright when Brandon Marshall shows up? And like, it's absolutely, like, there's no one saying anything. It's just words. I don't care. What does what has Brandon Marshall done to deserve? Like, why does he get to talk about basketball or baseball or whatever the fuck else they talk? The about? only content boxing? I see him doing I'm sure is Brandon Marshall has boxing takes. <laughs> Pope's Twitter. Pope's Twitter. You can never fully know what someone's twi- takes until you're on their Twitter. But dude, yeah, all I see him doing now is those like intimate interviews where he just like the other day he was just literally screaming at. Uh, <laughs> As Ocho Cinco about his injury history and like his diets. Oh my god! And like how oh, Ocho and how his Cinco diet. is on that Ocho Cinco it was like a, also on TV. Fox is really just—I mean—they're just like shock value for sports. I think. I think. We'll just get yeah, really big personalities who have no clue how to be on TV, <laughs> and then just let them go. Um. Yeah. There's a reality TV show from the late 2000s where Chad Ochocinco don't ask why I know this Chad is, it, is this a love show? A, yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah I think I've, I remember hearing about this I don't, I don't think I ever tuned in <laughs> it's fantastic so Chad Ochocinco gets 100 girls oh no 85 girls 85? Um, well yeah, Ochocinco it's still um, so and many. then he has them just do just the most random thing. They like do little football exercises, cheer for him, and he narrows it down, narrows it down. This show also includes Bernard Berrien. Uh, I heard that name in a while. And uh, T.O. might make an appearance. Just put it out there. This might be T.O. on like Buffalo. This is old T.O., not good T.O. Oh, okay. This sounds like just... <laughs> Who can be my best sidekick? <laughs> like, not an equal in the relationship, but who can, like, tell me how great I am the best and uh, uh, eventually catch a, and catch football every once in a while? Like, maybe yeah, that, maybe sure that, that is love to Ochocinco, though. That probably is love to him. So, I'm sure um, that those women went on to go do great things. I'm also, I think that show has, like, a 2.5 on IMD. Like something ridiculous, like not like you did not think that was possible. But I mean, content that's that bad turns out to be good content. Like like five years after the past, like after the facts. Yeah. So I think that, like nowadays, I probably I probably watch it and rate it like a nine point five, and have a great time yeah. doing it. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, no, Chad Ochocinco <clears throat> deserves all the respect. 
Well, um, I mean, I guess we could talk about something slightly more important uh, in the in the uh, in sports world. Possible. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but the second most important thing <laughs> could be the hard could be the uh, I'm calling it the Dante Exum trade. I'm very very excited to see how it, how it works out for him. Um, the rest of the pieces are pretty, you know, auxiliary. Who gives a shits? But really, Dante Exum, this could really jumpstart his career, getting a bigger role in the Rockets. I, I feel about that. The, like, the first, the Harden thing, like, which you were kind of expecting, right? Like, traction was, like, gaining for that trade anyway, allegedly, before he went out in the press conference and said, I've done all I can. But I did not see the Victor Oladipo thing coming. And Cleveland! 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 Um, great week for Cleveland to be involved in a trade and win a playoff game. Cleveland doesn't have very many eventful days in their sports history. And, uh... Uh, you gotta love it for them. I got pretty hot. I got pretty hot take here. Hot take here about Cleveland's. I think they probably won this trade. To be to be really honest with you, really? <laughs> considering what they what they gave up, they definitely had the greatest return by far. Like getting two okay. actual rotation players to an otherwise uninspiring and, uh, for lack of a better word, shitty team, other than Sexland. Um, this is pretty. This is actually pretty good. All they did was get. All they did was give up um, the Bucks first rounder. The, yeah, the Bucks first rounder for next year. And really, you know, you got getting Allen and Prince back. Well, that, was, that was pretty solid. Jared Allen's super young, potential, ton of potential. Yeah, I think guys are being wasted in Brooklyn anymore. They did not give any plans. Not a, not a great day if you're Andre Drummond. R.I.P. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's not a bad, it's honestly, it is a pretty exciting trade. Obviously Brooklyn, I mean, you, we can share our takes if you're a Brooklyn fan, but, um, for almost every other team, I feel like I would be excited. Um, like, is, is this a win, 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 win trade for you? It might be like, if I'm Houston, I'm pretty pumped. Indiana, I'm pretty pumped. I got a little bit younger, which I didn't even realize because I, just before the show, we were talking about Victor Oladipo <laughs> older than we think. I don't understand how he's um, 28. That, that math does not check out in my head. Yeah. I, I, I think Has he been right, in Indiana for six so. years? <laughs> it's because he like misses every other year. Oh, yeah, exactly. With some sort of catastrophic injury. And everyone's like, no, it's fine. He's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, he did miss two years, that most recent injury, essentially. Yeah. And we don't make fun of injuries on this show. We no, no, no. And we, don't cheer, we certainly don't cheer for them. Um. I feel like the least, the most nerve-wracking trade is Brooklyn. I always hate giving up future assets, especially mm-hmm. in the NBA. And, like, going all in for James Harden, like, I would, if I'm a Brooklyn fan, I would have been fine with keeping the depth and the two ball handler and go-to scorers. Mm-hmm. Um, Golden State is no longer around. You have one of the players that made that um, legacy team. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how. You, how do you feel about Brooklyn? I think what's the so I think they had to do it first of all, um, and they actually ended up giving away fewer assets than they probably would have otherwise uh, if if Dinwiddie hadn't gotten uh, the partially torn ACL because um, he would definitely be included in that trade. But the thing is, they just didn't have any other assets, and I think 
Harden, I would, props to Harden. He did. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to say that considering how much the Rockets actually got, but Harden did do a pretty good job in uh, dropping his trade value. To be honest, I mean, yeah. I think it's about with trades like these where you have a very obvious partner. Like you can say the same thing for. Um, well, the Clippers trade for Paul George wasn't was really out of nowhere. It kind of happened, you know, at you know, like basically, basically essentially the middle of the night. So that's, that it's come, to, it's had to come together. But they're in a position yeah, of right. of weakness with their leverage, and so they had no choice to make that trade. And same goes right, for the Lakers; right, right. they were also yeah, like, completely lacking in leverage. They had to do what they had to do. Um, mm-hmm. And and, and uh, same and same goes for the Nets. So Houston really, no matter what, was going to have a very high floor of what they would have gotten out of this trade. Um, uh. And really, I think they've been fairly tradable guys. I mean, Boogie, I think he's on a one-year deal still. Um, Old Depot, you could definitely move if you're not happy with him. And Wall, you might be able to move, but he's probably the guy most likely to end up staying there and being your guy moving forward, um, if you can even really call him that. How do you think that? <laughs> well, I just think the length of his contract, really. And, I mean, you're not going to be able to trade him unless... <laughs> I mean, the, the whole the, being able to trade him for Russ was such a fluke, and the Wizards are so happy about that probably. Because, I mean, they're still going to suck with, with Russ. But, I mean, you know, at least getting a little bit more excitement was probably worth it for them. But anyways, um, I think the worst part about this trade for Brooklyn is the timing of it. Because essentially, by Harden, by by both Kyrie having his own issues going on right now, which, you know, not fault not faulting him for, to be honest. Uh, I just I only fault his communication and le- or lack thereof. But lack I think professional uh, <laughs> behavior. Yeah, we're just like that. No one's no one's in the know. I mean, I feel like at least Steve Nash or <laughs> someone deserves to know or Sean Marks deserves to know what's going on. But Ooh, breaking news. Breaking news. The Jets are hiring Robert Sala to be their new head coach. Oh yeah. Good hire, good hire. Oh, really good hire. Wow. I'm surprised the Jets could talk him into that. Um, but that's, yeah, that's, that's the... I mean, you have you have a top three pick. Mm-hmm. Um, True. That is a big, but yeah, big, big yeah. thing. Yeah. And I actually don't hate their GM. Joe Douglas, I think, is uh, hasn't right, been right. super dealing, terrible, <laughs> considering what he was given. consequences of the previous GM, for sure. Right. Well, that's good news. We also have – we can also hit on Urban Meyer when we get to – Oh, true, true. Yeah, well, we will touch on that. But anyways, I, I have, think that... I have two questions for you regarding what? this Brooklyn trade before mm-hmm. you keep going. Was this move, I've heard some people say, was done to prove to Kevin Durant how committed you are to winning? Um, but are you – do you think Kevin Durant is consulted on this trade? And are you happier if you're Kevin Durant? I think if you were in the stratosphere of um, of Kevin Durant, if you're essentially a plug-and-play top five uh, guy in the NBA, you would be stupid not to consult a player that good. Right. I mean, not that Kevin Durant is the kind no of guy who would ask for a trade, yeah. but I still think you have to... And it just it's just more about good faith, you know. Like it, it truly is. A, it turns out to be more of a partnership over, like, as opposed to a control with which will happen with you know lower tier players. But it really, it is a partnership at a certain points. I mean, I do feel like LeBron has consulted with ninety nine percent of the moves the Lakers make, and yeah, I think and I think I think the same I think the same I think the same thing happened with Harden in um, in Houston as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, should the Harden Houston thing? I mean, the report that came out like a month ago or whatever. That scene sounded even more toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, than anything LeBron's ever leaked or mm-hmm. that's ever come out about LeBron. 
But that's a little bit different because, you know, with LeBron at that level of superstar, you mm-hmm. can get away with a lot more. And if, even if you, like, are a GM and you, like, I feel like the Harden thing happened because a lot of the leadership left Houston and didn't like Harden and let that let those things leak. Mm-hmm. If you want another job in the NBA ever, you probably can't leave and talk shit about LeBron. Yeah, probably not. And the thing is, that's a good point you bring up, is that, like, <laughs> the thing is, LeBron will never ask for a trade, because <laughs> the owner is basically, like, <laughs> so loyal to him more over anything that if you just kind of cross LeBron or, or just not get your job, they'll just get you fired. Yeah, like right, 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 right away. Like no matter what the choice is between LeBron and any other person in the organization, it's LeBron <laughs> every every single um, time. But anyways, to answer your question, I do think KD is happy with it. Whether or not I think it's actually a good move, because I think the timing is weird. Harden has to play himself into shape right now because he's probably twenty pounds overweight and has put in absolutely zero effort. And it's been god awful to watch this whole season. For whatever I have seen of him, it's pretty pathetic. Um, Kyrie, also, we don't know when he's getting back, mentally, or just actually getting back to playing games. And with a shortened season, you're essentially wasting half the season already. And I just don't see these, this coming together uh, with how little Enough. depth they have. They have no defense, no depth. No depth. Um, not, not, a sing, defense not, a single, not a single big man. Uh, uh, TLC, Timothy Lalu-Cabarro, yeah, he's probably the only guy who will put defense in this entire team. Yeah, Under Jordan will try, but he will fail because he's old no, and out of shape not and not yeah. good anymore. Yeah. Um, I will say that I I assume Kevin Durant's happy because he was consulted. Or at least you made sure that Kevin Durant isn't going to be pissed if you made this move. But if I'm mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, I don't know. I'd rather just have, like, a bench. Like, mm-hmm. I already have Kyrie. Um, That's we're in a solid spot. They didn't even make this move at all. Yeah. They didn't need to. They, uh, they could have just ran with this and been totally fine. Now, now there's so much pressure on this team. The locker rooms are shit. I mean, the media is already just going to be. You already got enough attention because of Kyrie. Um, I mean, KD has like a history of not being great with the media, like mm-hmm. in his face. Kyrie's even worse. We, we yeah, call them so pawns. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I mean, these guys are, I mean, on the other side, these are well, three, we'll of the pawns, best, three of maybe the top, definitely top 15 players in the NBA, if not the top 10 mm-hmm. um, players in the NBA right now. And there's a lot of people that, I mean, there's going to be plenty of ridicule to motivate them. Like, if you need, they are not going to be short of motivation. So, um, it'll True. be really interesting to see. Well, pressure pressure goes both ways. I think. I think it's either going to. Well, I think I think everyone feels this way. There's really not an in between, a middle ground for how this is going to go. Because mm-hmm. I mean, all these guys are tradable. So really, I mean, having the assets. I mean, the the KD nets. The nets. Great. If the yeah, pretty much. But the, 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 that's the uh, yeah for sure. But if I mean, as far as like Harden and Kyrie, whoever's the the yeah. thorn in the side of the team, <laughs> kind of and ruining things from the inside. Okay with that. If KD is okay with right, exactly. They could easily be they could easily be moved, and still you can still make back like sixty yeah. to seventy five percent of what you paid for these guys in assets. Well, it was always Harden. They didn't really do anything for Kyrie. Um, also, it's not like Houston has a ton of assets. Houston kind of just got back 
everything from the uh, Rustrade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little bit more. And you could make the argument that if KD decides to spend the latter half of his career with Brooklyn, uh, okay, yeah, first round picks, good luck. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to be bottom of the first round. Yeah, true. Um, and I think it won't mean anything. I mean, we all, and we all probably agree KD probably still has a decent amount of time left. He said in his, his pretty lengthy injury history with his foot um, and also the Achilles now that I am a little concerned long-term, but, I mean, he's just... He's, I mean, he's, he's looking that kind of than I expected at this Oh, stage, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, he's basically back to full form at this point. He's amazing. Yeah, he's, he's like, unreal. He's I mean, guaranteed, um, whoever you are in the league, you have to put him as, as top-two player in the NBA. It's amazing. Like, it's, it's an absolute, like blessing to be able to watch Steph Curry and Kevin Durant play basketball. Like, I didn't realize how much I missed it um, I until they came back. Like, it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's so pretty. Like, these are some of, like, the I would I mean, we're li- we live in a very different age of basketball, but these are some of, like, the smoothest NBA players of all time. Mm-hmm. Just those two. So those right. two being healthy. Yeah. Um, I miss them together, by the way, to correct my statements. I miss, I miss them separately, individually, I miss them, but I don't miss them playing together. Oh, no, I don't miss them playing together either after that. It's more fun. If Golden State had Clay this year, it'd be fucking great. Like, it'd be so oh, yeah, we'd have... Oh, man. It would really be a three-team race at that point. The Warriors are still competitive. I mean, they've really filled out... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't... Williams has looked good. Oubre got awful, which is I should, this is pretty much the opposite of how I thought it was going to go. But uh, Watson's pro- promising. I love, I love Pascal. I love him so much. He's going to be like a rotation guy in the NBA for the next 10 years. He's, he's, so, he's so good. But yeah, um, how do you feel about this from the, um, I don't know, I, I mean, if you're the Rockets, I mean, what is your, even your long-term plan going forward? I mean, because Oldie was a free, free agent after this year, uh, you have Wall for like three more years, I just, it's such a middle-of-the-road, like, weird, clunky yeah. team as it fit together now, but they just like did it for the sake of assets and didn't care about the, right, the right. basketball products. Um, I think we're living very strange in the team. most. I mean, you can't even compare trades across eras anymore. Not like no. tr- not as if trades like this ever happened in the past. But we're living in the most urgent era in NBA history for sure. Maybe mm-hmm. across all sports because of player movement potentially. Because you understand, if you have two players, two years left on the player's contract, there's a very good chance that player leaves if you don't make him happy. And so it's as a fan, it's just so entertaining to see these GMs be ultra aggressive. Just think back to the last five years and some of the trades we've seen. Mm-hmm. They're like historically, I think like seventy percent, sixty to seventy percent of the biggest trades in NBA history have happened in like the last half decade or so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, five five different teams. Era, five different teams have gone all in on trades in, in, the, in the past era, two years. Two years alone. In that era, you have to collect assets. That's all. It's, I don't even know if you – if you're a team, like, having to give up a superstar, forget about piecing together talent. Let's just collect as many assets as we can because we know they're out there being tossed around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's time to get liquid. I think it's just time to get as liquid as you can. Let me get as many movable pieces as I can get. Exactly. <laughs> well, I completely agree with you. Um I think this is a great move if you are middle of the road team. Then assets are all all that matters. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a pure I'm a pretty purist when it comes to like either you're going for it or you're pretty much tanking. I mean, I think there is some middle road if you're like the Hawks, where you're like you just kind of build, you're starting to build into something like not a full full rebuild. You already have your core pieces, but you're just like building on top of them. 
I think that's probably the one, the only few exceptions of teams that can kind of be like okay. But yeah, I don't think the Rockets have just nothing moving forward. And I think <laughs> I think you should move all these guys, man. I think you're not really getting anything out of <laughs> being a middle of the road team. You already have all these purely unprotected picks and all these pick swaps. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just a weird situation that like it's just gonna go like another like it's, it's, you basically turn to a team that no one gives a shit about at certain points, right? And, and it, that happens so quickly. Like if I'm a Houston mm-hmm. fan, it's a completely new regime. I have that to get excited about. Right. Like, um, I think Styles will be coached. I think some of these pieces, yeah, and I think some of these a lot of these pieces are going to get moved. Mm-hmm. Um, or you just or you just wait it out and say, all right, well, but, we're a middle yeah. road team. We're swapping our 16th yeah. pick. For in exchange for like what could be um, a much better pick, there is something to say though if you don't have to bottom up, if you never have to bottom out. Mm-hmm. Um, even OKC, I don't consider bottoming out because you no. still have talent on the roster. Shea, like you still have a, you know, a piece. About. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if Houston can pull it off without bottoming out, if they can build around like as an aging, aging John Wall happens. Also, I want to say this is one of the biggest pet peeves I have. Um, why are we calling Houston a big three? Why is Sports Center's Instagram page doing that? <laughs> they're, 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 three, the, three, they're three big names. <laughs> the most problematic part of this is Christian Wood is not even a part of the big three. Apparently, it's DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> this man, what? Christian Wood is what? three times better than DeMarcus Cousins at this point in his career. Who it's not even close. Who are this to? Who, I, who sees that post and gets like a 12-year-old boy? Well, it's someone who doesn't watch the NBA. If you if you were just to like so passively sick. like only be aware of like the playoffs and like nothing else, and didn't look into anything, you'd be like, oh wow, like Boogie Cousins. I remember I remember him being good. Oh Depot, wow, he was an all star. Oh John Wall, wow, like oh, but you yeah. <laughs> you don't follow. You're like, well, wow, these, these are some names yeah. I know. <laughs> Demarcus Cousins played at Kentucky and dropped fifty points at one time. I know. Mm-hmm. What's well, uh, by the way? That is that is Sports Center's. Uh, I'm about to get real mean right here. That is their key demographic is like 12 to 15 year olds who don't actually know anything about sports. And just like, wow, names, names, names. I used to play as that guy in 2K like four years ago. This uh, podcast is for the sports fan that knows, thinks and knows they're better than everyone else. <laughs> yeah. If, if you think you're better, uh, known more about sports than a 13 year old, this is the podcast for you. Mm-hmm. Also, you have to be 18 years old because, uh, or 21. Wait, wait, what's the gambling laws? The curse. Uh, I don't know. 21, what? I imagine. Let's just say 21 to be safe. You also say 21. Yeah. If you were, if you were younger than 21, turn this off right now. But I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that. I mean, I would really like for you to uh, follow, subscribe, uh, unsubscribe, resubscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Five stars. Give a rating. But also, just tell your friends you don't listen to it though. Sure. Don't get you in trouble. Underage friends. Um, okay. Any last thoughts about this trade or these trades? Um, Ily, if Karis Levert cannot be such a ball hog, <laughs> then I really think Indiana could be could be comfortably the third seed in the East. I I I, I, I love this out. roster, man. They have so many likable guys, and Samos is my guy. One of my favorite players in the NBA, and I love I love seeing any any like big that can like create themselves and also like uh, playing for others is an asset that comes across so rarely <laughs> that I don't understand how we're not freaking out about Sabonis essentially averaging like five six assists like every single year. 
Yeah, he's a beast. There's, um, there's a team that could have bottomed out very easily and just effed up, mm-hmm. giving up Paul George. Like the Bulls did giving up Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. That's like a that's an easy comparison to me as a salty Bulls fan. I can look at someone like Indiana and be like, okay, they gave up their superstar and never had to get complete ash. Why can you do it? <laughs> and, and as always, anyway, you got um, you got the seven seven pick out of it. <laughs> yeah, um, if you're a Bulls fan, this is very exciting. The East is wide open. Mm-hmm. All the all the all the stars are at the top. Time to sneak in there. Yeah. But yeah, I actually do think this is going to be a disaster for the Nets this year, and then we'll uh, we'll see how it goes next year. Really? Okay. Well, I just I just don't think it, I mean well, disaster is considered not like winning the East, pretty much. Okay. Like, I, I, don't, I, I don't I truly don't think they're going to win the East. Yeah, I think. Uh, are you picking a team to win the East right now? Uh, I'm not, but I feel a lot better. Well, it, Kemba's timeline is what scares me because I'm not sure when he's getting back. Um, Otherwise, otherwise I'd, I'd like Boston a lot to take a leap, but I'd, I'd probably still go Bucks getting out of the East this year, but like not playing a very inspired uh, <laughs> Finals performance against the Lakers. Philly's been playing pretty well. Oh, I like Philly a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been better. I mean, it's the smallest changes that everyone's been, everyone's been suggesting for the longest time, and everyone's like, "Wow, <laughs> how much better we are when we just have like more shooters." And, like, okay. not an incompetent coach. Should we uh, get to some of these upcoming divisional round games? Where uh, do you want to discuss maybe uh, this coaching carousel? Urban Meyer, once again, has come back from the dead. Amazing. Good for, I think this is a terrible move for him. <laughs> really? Why? I think it's, it's nice that he'll have Trevor Lawrence to, like, keep his heart palpitations at a minimum, considering he's, like, one of the more pro-ready QBs you'll have in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, but... If I had heart problems, I would definitely not want to be having to rebuild a really shitty roster. Oh my god, he doesn't have heart problems. He literally just makes things up when he doesn't want to coach anymore. <laughs> I would not doubt it. I think every college football head coach has heart problems. Yeah, but he's but he's just soft. Be, he, but he's so just soft angry. enough to admit to them. A real coach would just would just die or something. Now keep whining about it. I, 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 I do about it for him. Um, as Urban Meyer, I don't want to really get into the head of Urban Meyer. That seems problematic. Um, <laughs> I mean, Shad Khan is one of the better NFL owners, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and I'm not just saying that because he's a fellow U of I alum. I mean, I am, but go on. I think he's actually like ready to build a winning program. He seems as committed as anyone else in the NFL. So <clears throat> beyond that and having assets, they're young. They have assets. You have a good owner. It's in a warm state. Right. And you have a lot. You have a fairly long leash because I imagine the financial commitment they're going to make to you is pretty large. Or mm-hmm. They made to you is fairly large. Shotgun so, has monopoly money. There, it's, it's unlimited funds. Yeah. So I, I mean, they also have a ton of cap space going into a year where most NFL teams are completely, completely up. Jaguars, I think, have fifty to sixty million dollars to spend, and Philly has seventy dollars, seventy million dollars. They have to get off their payroll. I wouldn't want to go to Philly and deal with uh, two quarterbacks. And uh, I mean, they'll, I mean, they'll, 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 they'll get. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a lot more attractive job if they can move Wentz early, but right. <laughs> obviously that's not going to be able to happen. The, the timing of it won't work out. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to get a ton for Wentz. I think any quarter any quarterback that's played at Wentz's level is going to get you some return, but the contract is just so large. 
You're making such I mean, a commitment. So let's not forget Sam Bradford. Someone, like I think four different teams traded like a first rounder for yeah. <laughs> for Sam Bradford. So, and he, and he really never reached any of the heights that Wentz did. And Wentz is still young. I mean, sure he's beat up and played behind a terrible offensive line his whole career, but I think mean, he's very salvageable. I mean, if I was the Bears, I wouldn't go for it, but you probably no, can't no, afford no. it. I, I don't think you can afford to make that type of a financial commitment if you're the Bears. If no. you're the Bears, like I would actually like to trade for someone like Matt Ryan, but it's like, can you? I mean, the um, Panthers could be this, could be a spot. Oh, can you make this lame mm. duck GM if you're a Bears? If you're the McCaskies and the Bears owner, like going into his potentially his last year as the GM. Can you let Ryan Pace give up future assets to get a veteran quarterback in the room? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you can let him do that again. That sucks. Well, I mean, um, it's pretty a segue. Would you like to talk? Would you like to touch on the Bears' uh, loss before uh, I go into like damn near meltdown mode? This is the I I feel bad for you. For me personally, this was like the easiest playoff loss to ever get over. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't, you didn't belong there in the first place that. as far yeah, as, like, actual seating. <laughs> we knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, we played, like, horse shit. We played very Bears brand of football. Oh, that was one of the Bearsiest games uh, I've seen in a long yeah. time. We scored three points, <laughs> dropped a wide-open touchdown, left points on the board, um, committed some undisciplined penalties. Very, very uh, Matt Nagy-esque. Mm-hmm. Made a ton of mistakes and don't have an offense for mm-hmm. a guy that's supposed to be an offensive guru and genius. Um, you guys are great at getting like fake, <laughs> fake offensive so geniuses. Stupid. So I mean, between between Gase, Tressman, and Niggy, like the Bears have a monopoly on like <laughs> figuring out which. Uh, I mean, you guys are yeah. you guys are damn near like a year away from hiring Cliff Kingsbury as your head coach or something. We're, we take the, we take the bait. We take. The bait. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, this was an easy win, I think, easy loss to digest. I think the worst part is that we beat three shitty teams. I don't know if I prefer to, if I would have just preferred to have a meltdown um, and lost some more games and not made the playoffs and that Nagy would have been gone. But I don't even know if the Bears' ownership would have had the balls to do that. Um, I don't know. I'm 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 not that beat up about it. It's just if you're a Bears fan, there's really nothing to really look forward to. We're like already over the cap, and uh, you still don't have a QB. We don't have a QB, and we have holes to fill all over the roster. We have to like cut players. It's just that's a that's a tough spot. I mean, you I mean you had I mean I will say this though, you guys went for it. You went for it during the exact the exact window that you had to go for it in. You still have a decent amount of young talents to build off of. So, if you, I mean, I'm just saying, man, I don't think this is a terrible time to tear it down. I know the Mac thing, it makes it difficult, but don't worry. He can still be around on a losing team. <laughs> Believe but me. But you don't even, I don't think you want to go into, I don't think you, you can afford to give Ryan Pace a rebuild. If you let Ryan Pace go into a rebuild, um, you would have just fired him because he went into a rebuild and built this team. And now if they're not good enough, okay, why would you let him do it again? Well, I mean, I, I mean, that goes to a side point of mine of getting the fuck rid of. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you can't yeah. get a clear house, man. It's, 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 it's team, too much bad. There's a bad aura around this team, man. It's a really bad aura. <laughs> bad vibes. Yeah, no, this is going to be another year of trying to win it and failing miserably. Mm-hmm, probably. But uh, at, least, at least only one more year of that, probably, before I think you really turn things down. Also, Mack, what happened? I mean, he has really has not been – in a big game, the last two games, like – 
I mean, you have one superstar really on the team, and that's supposed to be Khalil Mack. Like, you can make enough of a difference as an edge rusher in the NFL. Like, why not show up in these big games? Like, I think you can ridicule Khalil Mack a little bit. Probably. Yeah, I mean, no, edge rushers do have a lot of impact, but I mean, your impact is limited when. Um, the defense was fairly strong this year, but I don't know, man. I think I think motivation wise, the defense kind of gave up after. <laughs> Probably after that losing streak kind of started, it, it was really up and down. I mean, the talent's there for sure. I just think effort level, you could tell there's a difference. Some of that's on Chuck Pagano, too. Mm-hmm. Um, R.I.P. Let's, let's talk about the much more disappointing Seahawks loss. From, somehow we've gone – it feels like just the other day we were talking about let Russ cook and how far we've come. Zero MVP, probably, and a first-round exit. I'm just – you know what? In a way, well, first of all, I made a lot of money off this Hawks loss, so my strategy worked per- to perfection. By the way, Wait, <laughs> Rams Rams money line on betting on Rams, and I missed, pick, on the, uh, I missed on the under, I believe. Yeah, the overhead. I had the under as well. Did yeah. you um, pick the Rams on this show? I did pick the Rams. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, so uh, a couple notes. Um, first of all, thank the fucking Lord we fired uh, Brian Schottenheimer. I almost said, almost said Marty, but man, what's, who, who gives a shit what the difference is? Um, really, lack of creativity in the play calling. Um, I think it really came down to... <laughs> a, a lack of, like, actually creative, like, short intermediate routes. Um... It was really just like it was a bipolar offense. Is either run the ball up the middle, <laughs> uh, give David Moore a, a a jet sweep for him to get like two or three yards, and he probably has like the lowest yards per carry of anyone in NFL history because it's like the worst play call I've ever seen. He's not even fast. <laughs> He's a decent route runner, has good hands, but he has no speed to show for as far as being a guy you want like taking the ball. So that happens way too often, uh, first of all. You can count it like, th- 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 like twice a game at least, and it will never result in anything greater than five yards. Um, I think we were – we never really got in rhythm with all the injuries that happened to Carson. Um, it really just came down to other – it really was just like too many times the play calling was just like, okay, Russ, like our version our, – the version – I think Letters Cook is the way to go about it. Uh, I've already touched on like why the Seahawks were successful start of the year versus end of the year. It really came down to strength, strength of schedule, defenses they played, and how healthy they, they were on defense. So I'm not the play line didn't change really that much. It kind of felt like it because it just it was just tougher matchups. But um, it really a lot of the time it just ended up being like, all right, Russ, our version of you cook is to let you sit in the pockets for about five seconds, freak the fuck out. And then be in such a bad spot that you're almost forced into a bad play that even Russ can't even salvage. Like Russ can salvage like 60, 60 to 70% of like really shitty play calls and plays overall and how they're progressing. But the other 30% of the time is either like a 20 yard sack or a pick or just <laughs> not even throwing it anywhere near his receiver because there's nowhere to go. And so, I mean, it just killed momentum on so many different drives. I mean, there was no flow of the offense whatsoever. It just ended up being a shit show, man. I'm glad Shoddy's gone. And I have been 
verging on blaming Pete for a lot of this for the last two years because no team this talented should be playing should have the results that we have. I mean, we were Daniel the one seed last year, lost in the divisional rounds. This year, also also had a shot at the one seed, lost in the fucking wild card rounds. Albeit to a very good defense, and I give the Rams all the credit in the world. Like they deserve to win that game, and the Hawks just like laid an egg. Probably one of the probably the worst game of the entire year for them, and they just picked it at the uh, exact wrong spot. So, I think. Are you happy with the defense? I haven't heard any ridicule from the defense for the. Defense. Um, I'm pleased with the defense. I'm not, and I still don't think the um, the Jamal thing was a bad trade. I think the the slander against him being just a purely box safety is just not true. He's actually pretty solid in coverage. He's he's a cerebral enough player. <clears throat> I don't think you can explain hurt all year from the defense, given the amount of talent that's actually on the defense and how much of it right. should fall on mm-hmm. Russ's shoulders given the cap that he takes up. Right, exactly. And really, I mean, the defense is super you young. Like, you're not paying you're not paying anybody yeah. besides yeah. besides um, besides Wagner. Literally no one else is getting paid on that defense. Because <laughs> they still have to re-sign our top corner. They still re-sign Jamal. Um, yeah, it's... I just hate that we're wasting a year of DK more than anything. And I feel like I feel like if, if things don't change quickly, we're basically going to, like... And trading him away or something, and that's my biggest fear because I do not want to. I mean, like, I think that's a piece you have to. You, know, you probably won't have Tyler Lockett for much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What do you What do you want? Real considering the cap, I don't know how familiar you are with the Seahawks cap situation. This I haven't season. reviewed it for this year, but I know expected? we're. I know we don't have tons of free money. I mean, just when you're paying someone forty million, when you're paying Russ forty million a year, it's just tough. Um, so I think what we're gonna end up doing. I mean, we're basically going to we're damn near going to go over the cap because uh, we ha- we have to pay Shaquille because we have n- no corners other than him because Dunbar was a- Dunbar was nobody has a chronic injury uh, got some depth at our second corner spot but we still need to improve that which we never have in the last three years um, so we're paying Shaquille but we'll end up paying Jamal which they really had no choice but to do so it's really just me running it back and then just praying that we can actually uh, do anything with our <laughs> with our picks. But I am happy that, Sh- that Schneider got resigned. That's a bit. That's big for me. Until twenty twenty six, I think. I think twenty twenty seven, like after the twenty twenty seven draft. So yeah, great great move there. I was really worried. Actually, it was that was an under talked about uh, story of him possibly going to Detroit or uh, Minnesota, I believe. I don't really, that didn't really get a lot of buzz, but yeah. yeah props, yeah. props. I would rather have Schneider around than Carroll, and I'm I'm starting to get to the point where I'm happy that Pete will be gone in like two to three years. Yeah, you're thinking, he, is Russell Wilson making Pete Carroll's career almost at this point? Yeah, I mean, he, well, Pete, Pete raises the floor uh, by, like, Creon's competition, motivating these, like, young, no-name players into being great, which all fills in a lot of gaps. But at the same time, you're limiting what the offense and team yeah, could yeah. be at their ceiling. So it's... Yeah. I think Pete Carroll is just that. Like, he is a really good coach, obviously, but he is one of those guys where you're, it's never going to go to total ass like the team is going to play hard unless something dramatic happens the team's going to play hard and you're probably going to be in playoff uh, consideration like every year if you give him something to work with but Mm -hmm. he's not a good to great guy he's about more of like a bad to pretty good guy yeah exactly so i mean roster consistency and no matter how bad the roster seems at times you know always getting us to Around 10, 11 wins, but you know, two, two years ago, it's it's, it's frustrating having Russ and feeling disappointed, you know. 
32-year-old. I think Russell will last quite a while. He spends like, he spends like over a million dollars. He spends like over a million dollars in like maintaining his body. He's never had an injury. Never missed yeah, a game. So yeah, he is. But it does it, super impressive. Yeah, it, it does suck though. It sucks really hard to be honest. There's um, no there's no tears okay, this I, weekend, but it it was it was bad. Two things to point out. Um, Russell Wilson said he did not have a say in Schottenheimer's firing. And he also said it's critical that he has a say in the next OC. So. Ooh, I actually completely agree with. That. I think Doug Peterson could actually be is a name that Hawks fans are like salivating over. No way, Doug Peterson. I would sit and then he's a Super Bowl winning coach. I go be an OC somewhere to Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see. Well, now we're past the disappointments. We move on with the fresh slates. Not have to worry about getting our hearts broken. <laughs> Yeah, this this week, um, we, we have four I juicy games though ahead of us this week. I'm very very excited. Let's should we just go in order? Sure, sure, All sure. Right. I, I love going in order. <laughs> Good organization guy. Um, so yeah, first game of the week we have the Rams traveling to Green Bay. Um, I believe there is. N- I believe there's snow in the forecast. I'll need to double check double check that. But uh, as for gambling podcast, we gotta mention the line. We're at the line is currently at six and a half, which is actually a pretty good spot. I mean, on on either side, really. So I, I just don't think it's you know I don't think it's that big of a talent of a uh, change in of a gap in talents to put it over seven and a half. So good thing Vegas isn't doing that. But uh, yeah, this is actually. An extremely tough line to pick, and I think it's a weird game in general based on the matchups. Um, no receiver, a quick stat for you: no receiver this year has actually gone over 100 yards while being covered by Jalen Ramsey. No, not one. And we know just how. Oh, I think we've lost Sid. So we're going to do a quick pause and get back to you after this message. All right. And we're back. Sid is, Sid is joining us uh, post-technical technical difficulties. <laughs> Sid, why are you so far away, dude? How, how many feet away from the computer are you? <laughs> it's so It's so faint. All right, all right. Here's a stupid fun fact. I also have a very fun statistical fact. Ooh, please. I love some more stats. Um, well, frankly, I'm, I'm very afflicted on this game based on the matchups, but um, I do the, the, the Jalen Ramsey stats about uh, never not having one receiver or elite receiver uh, go over 100 yards on him. I think the, probably the best performance anyone's had against him was DK, like – Twice had like seventy yards against him, I believe, uh, in the Week Sixteen game and the wildcard rounds. But Jalen Ramsey is good. Is this your hot take? Uh, no, but uh, <laughs> I didn't realize he was that good. <laughs> no, he is amazing. Okay, so very easy for me to say, especially if you're the Rams and you're already so deep in your wallet mm-hmm. when you made that Jalen Ramsey trade. I kind of did not love it, and I also had the thing of like, all right, bad locker room guy. But Jalen Ramsey's been fantastic. Hey, when you're that it's good, man, really it doesn't matter how you are in the locker room. Yeah. You automatically got respect. It's a really freaking good defense. Uh, well, I mean, you're paying Jared Goff $140 million. It would be helpful to keep your first round picks. <laughs> like, 
Um, but whatever, the Rams have fucking sold out and sent it every year, and Sean McVay has kept them afloat and made them competitive. And he's adjusted. He's gone to and from an offensive team, um, passing-heavy team to a play-action team. Uh, to a Purely run-the-ball like game management schematic. style. Now. Yeah, he'll change from week to week. We're, I think mm-hmm. we're um, – I don't want to talk about how good Sean McVay is. Yeah, it's kind of good points. Sean McVay is really effing good. Um, here's my statistical. Uh, I just had to do a deep dive. These two head coaches combined weigh 180 pounds. <laughs> Soaking wet or just straight up? You want me to imagine Sean McVay wet so bad? I think you already do. I just want to. I just want to hear you say it. Um, Tell me about your Sean McVay fantasies, please. Stop, stop. Do we believe in this Rams defense going to Lambeau? And I think Snow, you could say, as an NFC uh, norther, um, can the Rams play in Snow? This is actually uh, a great point you bring up, and also kind of ties into the uh, t- points total of this game. Which opened at forty six and a half and is now down to forty five and a half because it's, it's, I'm looking at the weather app. It's about fifty percent chance of snow on um, on Saturday, which you can basically assume it's going to be a full on snow game, considering how it snows in Green, in uh, Green Bay. So I think that's probably why, where the total is coming from. Secondly, um, do I believe in the Rams? Yes, because they're they match up well because they have when Cam Akers plays. I mean, this man you can just book it for like. 20 carries, 100 yards. Like, you can just write that in ahead of the game. You just know it's going to happen. And schematically, they and the, know how to get him a few free few yards at the beginning of every run. Right, exactly. And and, Pack, and that's Packers' biggest weakness, too, is their... Their uh, run defense is ass. It's terrible. Among the, among the worst in the league, I believe. But the defense is pretty solid. They have a decent secondary. But, yeah, I mean, even with uh, Kenny Clark back, I mean, their, their run defense has been pathetic, really, to put it kindly. So it's it's weird. The total doesn't make sense to me. I feel like even in the snow, I know the Packers can still pa- pass in the snow, and I don't think. Uh-huh. And uh, actually, with something another, another stat for you: um, the Packers actually have one of the uh, best pass blocking offenses in the entire league. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so That's you could you could easily David. neutralize Donald. I'm not sure why the total is so low, even in the snow. I feel like both their That's strengths match up with each other. It's the point where both offenses should most definitely be succeeding. That's with David Bakari, though, who tore his ACL two weeks ago. Yeah, true. Who is an all-pro left tackle. I mean, but even though, even then, like, you know, your offensive line is only... They, you play yeah. as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, they can still, they can still hold there. up. Their center is an all-pro as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really good when you're playing um, Aaron Donald. Rumor has it. He's <laughs> pretty good. I will say this... Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams might be, like, they are so into, like, Aaron Rodgers will just throw it to Devontae Adams blindly. Like, I don't remember um, how many times I've seen this strong of a connection between quarterback and wide receiver. Like, you think about Randy Moss and Tom Brady. um, I, I guess... That one year Marvin Harrison caught like 140 passes. Mm-hmm. That was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, Michael Thomas was getting like 200 targets last year, but you know, those were like the same slants every time. Like this Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers connection is like as is as special or is up in that tier of as mm-hmm. special a connection as I've seen. Um, it, it's life. it's so much chemistry based too. Like they're so they're all they're always on the same they're always on the same page. Oh yeah. yeah. Devontae like doesn't get enough credit for how smart he is. He's like, amazing. He's like amazing. he doesn't really blow you away with so I mean, much his skills. I mean, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you can say technique for you know his route running. Uh, I mean, but really, I mean, if you're really in pure, you know, high end speed, size, strength, I mean, he doesn't really bully away in those categories, but <laughs> he just finds a way. He's just such a smart player. I'm sure you've seen this stat because everyone's seen this stat, but Devontae Adams used to be in the bottom percentile in beating man coverage his rookie year. He was like the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. And now he's in the 99th percentile. Right. And that's what their game seems to be. Matchup one-on-one against Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers knows exactly where to throw it, where to place mm-hmm. the ball, mm-hmm. which shoulder, how he wants it. It's amazing. The chemistry is phenomenal. Um, right. How are you picking this game? Uh, actually, I have one more stat for you, by the way. And actually, I'm actually I have a, I have a theme for this week. That I'll get into in one second. Uh, I think Rogers is actually nine three and one against the spread when having twelve plus days of rest. Okay. That stat might be outdated. Uh, I think it might have been, uh, but nonetheless, very, 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 very uh, good record with having this much rest. And I really think. We talked about a lot before the playoffs happened of how dangerous the Packers are going to be at Lambeau, how much an advantage that is. And I think this is probably one of the few games you can actually factor in home field advantage and give the Packers like a full three points. Being in the cold is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Especially for especially for a dome team. Um, I don't like the number at six and a half. Um, mm-hmm. If I was forced to pick a team straight up, not do any other weird action, mm-hmm. I was going to take the Rams before this podcast, but I've kind of talked talk myself into taking the Packers. Um but so if I have to do if I have to do that, then I will. But my I have two very important side picks. One, I'm taking the over 45 and a half. I'm, they're begging you to take it. All the low unders, all the low totals last week, all went over. And I think that's gonna, I might will probably that's gonna, will trend will probably continue because I think this is just a, a, a poorly poorly valued uh, team total or uh, not game total. So 45 and a half, book that for sure. But. If you are going to bet this game, you're not feeling great, but one way or another, what you should do is you need to te- you need to tease the Rams six points from six and a half to plus twelve and a half, and then while you're doing that, move the over down six points as well to thirty nine and a half, which I don't see how either of those miss. Okay. So yeah, I think this week this week's a lot of tough Rams? spreads. So teases teases is my kind of theme of the week. Absolutely, I did that last week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't work out in my six game one, but I think I won like a three gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think teasers are also great when you have a good defense and you know a team's going to keep it close. Even right, if it's under exactly. Um, I think the Bears were a good play there. I went plus 14 and a half or the plus 13 and a half. Only had to move it two or three points and um, hit that and you parlay that with the under. I think this is a good come. I, I actually like Rams plus six and a half um, because fuck the pack. Mm-hmm. That's fair, and I think, I, and I think the Rams are going to keep this game close because of their defense, because of Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how mobile um, Aaron Rodgers is at this point. I don't see his feet being a huge factor. And I think yeah, Snow game changes changes everything, but it really makes it more mono a mono. And I think both these teams are pre- are pretty tough and can play in tough conditions. Yeah. Um, mostly just with the Rams' defense. I mean, their offense. Right. I mean, I'm not. 
I don't really care about. I know they can just run the ball 40 times this game and still and keep it halfway close. That's what they'll close. need to do. They'll exactly. need to do that. But mm-hmm. I, you're not going to avoid this Packers offense getting up points. No, exactly. So I think I think I, I love the tease here. I think I might make that my official pick, and then have the so have the other over a 45 and a half as my side pick, officially. Wait, but you are doing Packers. Your pick is Packers. Yeah, yeah. As far as what, as far as what I'm, I'll I'll do that for the sake of like just like having to do the show straight up. Uh, for the sake of the show, I'll do Packers six and a half. But I will. Um, well, the actually betting will be the over and the tease. Complicated managers. Yeah, I know. This is a complicated week. It's I, I really uh, I feel way less confidence uh, this week than last week. Also, by the way, we never, we never addressed our records last week. By the way, <clears throat> why why would we talk about that? Just so I can brag that I, that I went four and two, you went three and three. Let's, uh, talk, all let's talk. Let's talk after the Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. We gotta, we gotta keep the fans up to date. You know, we are keeping track of these things. Um. Let's move on to the next game. I think we have uh, Baltimore traveling to the great city of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Very great city. Um, this would be perfect if it was a snow game. I think this is a great. Actually, it snow. kind of is a snow game. I, I believe I believe there's snow. It's more likely that there's snow in this game than in the Packers really? game. I believe. I believe. Wow. I'm saying this with no confidence or reason to say that, but okay. I'm going to double check on that while you go ahead. Um. So the line is Baltimore is plus snow. two and a half. Oh, great. Over under is set at 50, and 54% of Vegas is going with Baltimore, a hot hand uh, on a seven-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. More importantly, 7-0 and against the spread in their last seven games. 8-2 mm-hmm. and two in the last 10. Um, most explosive running game in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, Going against one of the more skilled, another great connection in Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Um, I think playing at home is a little bit of an advantage here, but the run game travels, and this this team knows how to fucking run the ball in Baltimore. Also, J.K. Dobbins is the leader of this rushing attack now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. At the beginning of the season, you know, he was a very hot pick on your fantasy football team as well as just a super talented guy. Took, took, took a little too long. <laughs> if only yeah, the real playoffs are factored into fantasy. Yeah, yeah. But. But it's great to see him fucking going off. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, Big Ten represents, how, first of all. Big how Ten. Good, good do we think this Baltimore defense is? I am a believer in one player, and that's Marcus Peters. Okay. And that's what I think could swing this entire matchup. Marcus Peters is going gonna, is gonna to win this game. I think he could. Marcus Peters is on a fucking tear right now. And really, I mean, if you want to stop Buffalo's offense, it's either stop Josh, Josh Allen from running, or you have a shutdown cornerback that can actually halfway contain Stephon Diggs. I'm not sure you can stop Stephon Diggs, because him and, him and Josh Allen's chemistry is really, really good. Only one year in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all, so all you can do is really hope to contain him. Bring him, you know, down up on the end zone, keep him below 80 yards. And I think that you consider that a win. If you're if you're if you're Baltimore, yeah, and this, I mean, if you're Baltimore, this is like similar to the Rams. You have to run the ball and you have to hold the ball for thirty-five to forty minutes if you want mm-hmm, to win this game. Mm-hmm. This is a tough one because really it's going to come. I mean, if, if we're assuming the snow factor, we cannot uh, make a big enough big enough deal about. 
I mean, it's actually forty percent chance of snow, but I'm expect I'm expecting a couple inches for sure. Um, so I think what's usually the problem is that which team has a better linebacking core that can actually stop the opposing quarterback from running? Because okay. there's no more backbreaking play than that in football. We all know that. We all know that. And these two guys are the <laughs> currently the two best quarterbacks in the league that do it. And right. frankly, I give that. I give that um, that advantage over to Baltimore for sure. They have uh, a lot of very speedy linebackers that I think I could, you maybe not uh, spy on Josh Allen, speed. but they're a very could. fast team in general. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I, I don't know, man. This is this is maybe the toughest game to pick of the week of the weekend. I think so too. This is, I mean, this is a close spread. Mm-hmm. Um, you could really, I mean, both these teams are hot in their stride. Um, you know, for a you, you brought up a good point about these quarterbacks running and just deflating the defenses. For for as much of, for much of a running threat as Josh Allen is, most of that is by design. He doesn't really scramble a ton. He's, he's a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, he's, he's been more disciplined than that, that this year, and like not going until he absolutely has to. But I don't think Baltimore can keep up with this Buffalo offense. And um, if this Baltimore defense can't play aggressively. If they're playing from behind, I worry about them. Um, I don't think this is going to be, you know, a blow up by any means. But no. I, I just don't think this offense has enough um, to actually throw the ball and win a game where um, Baltimore's offense is almost it's fairly similar to uh, um, the Packers. The Packers have a better run offense, but you know they're pass first and set up the run through the pass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this Buffalo team is too much fun. I, I'm not going to play root against them or bet against them. Uh, I think Buffalo minus two and a half is a pretty good bet. I think it should, the line should be another point, honestly. Yeah, I'm actually really uh, yet again. I'm really surprised Vegas is giving us a favorable line towards under under three on both sides. That's that's pretty huge, <laughs> and they actually hasn't moved, has there's no line movement whatsoever. And yeah. it's, it's fairly well, even on betting. Split. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's 57. I'm seeing 57 on Buffalo, 43 on Baltimore. Um, I, mean, I think you had a slightly different number. But uh, both teams are extremely hot against the spread. Um, but Buffalo is very good at home. We cannot, the uh, same as last week, 6,800 fans. We cannot uh, give that enough weight, I think, especially in, especially in Buffalo. But I think what's going to be the X factor here and probably why, we ha- why I will go Buffalo is how Josh Allen's done against the Blitz, which, as we all know, the Ravens like to do more than pretty much any other team in the entire league. They blitz on nearly half of the snaps that they take on defense, 44%. But Josh Allen is sporting a comfortable 66 completion percentage, nearly 8 yards per attempt, only 4% sack rate, which part of his game is very underrated, how he escapes sacks, very very Deshaun Watson-like. And a comfortable 111 passer rating. Would you want to try to bring Josh Allen down? I would not like to. I think I would look pretty foolish doing that. I think most of America would too. So I'm I'm going with Josh Allen. Um, Unfortunately, we're not going to see him warm up in shorts. Uh, We all know his history of looking good in shorts is well documented. Uh, That might be an understatement to say. But yeah, I'm 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 going Buffalo here as well. I... I got burned betting on them last week, but they played their worst game of the season and won by three. 
Although I do yeah, think their linebackers are going to have a tough time with Lamar. That's, that's a their linebackers team, look really slow and really that. bad. <laughs> I think this is a, this is going to be a high scoring game. Um, yeah, I'm thinking even in the, maybe, even in the snow, but yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking thirty to twenty four or something like that. Over under at forty nine and a half. I wouldn't mind taking the over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You probably talk about taking the over in every single game this weekend, <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, "Yep." <laughs> well, the next the next game has a pretty high over under. Well, the first rule of a, of an extremely high over under is that you always take the, the always you always take the over. Well, wow. the betting on the Chiefs for sure, but every time almost you know every time this year I've seen an over under over like fifty five, I've taken it, and I probably I'm probably I'm definitely positive on those bets. Okay. Um. Which reminds me, we didn't even talk about Bama, Ohio State, but a little uh, name programmed out of uh, the great state of Alabama decided to win a national championship. Yeah. Some guy Nick named, um, I don't know, Nick Saban? I, I don't think that's right. I think it's, is, is there an accent on the A? I think he's uh, of Latino descent. Am I am I wrong on that uh, one? Latinx? Sabano? Ooh, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I, Cuba's I don't greatest know. exports, it's, Nick it's, Saban. Say I'm bond. Sure is, I'm sure we'll never hear of this guy anyway. Yeah, um, nobody. Couldn't go to the NFL. Game, That's all I'm going to say. The Cleveland Browns are playing in a divisional round, but what year is it? Uh, 1982? It wasn't Bernie Cozart <laughs> was playing out there. Where's our statistics at? I'm only sure. I think, I think called in sick today. I think called in sick today. What? I know it's it's two weeks it's two weeks in a row. I mean, I'm not saying we I'm not saying we need to evaluate his performance or anything. He's great. I mean, we, we I didn't get all these good stats. Said I'm doing it on my own. That's for sure. If this guy isn't in the fucking ICU, I'm gonna lose my shit. Um, the Cleveland Browns are traveling to the Kansas City Chiefs. The line is plus ten Cleveland over under fifty seven and a half. Man, Kansas City coming off of a bye scares me. I'm terrified, and be- and also this is the first game all year that we might see actual efforts from Patrick, Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs' offense. I mean, Kelsey's like he's busting his ass, but really everything they else they do just so feels easy. effortless. And they haven't yeah, turned it, they they even turned it on when they, when they need to. I mean, it really couldn't matter any less. Um, yeah, no, they can turn it on and off. This is, I mean, this team could literally. Um, it doesn't matter how many points down they are. They mm-hmm. could literally Cleveland could go in um, and do what they did to Pittsburgh, go up twenty eight points, and I would still probably take Chiefs money line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can. I mean, it's. Uh, I think just two days ago, or yesterday or today, maybe very recently was the one year anniversary of them being down twenty four points mm-hmm. at home to Houston, and it not mattering. Not, and not even. And by the way, not even being close. <laughs> I might. I might add. <laughs> It was they ran out of fireworks in era. That was so silly. Um, yeah, so we're talking about that offense with another year of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Kelsey having one of the best years from a tight end, probably the best and year from a tight end of all time. Bye. Oh my god, this is there is no. Way. I love this Cleveland team. I love Baker Mayfield swagger, um, but they're not beating this team. No, not beating them. And the and also something to note from a gambling perspective. A, this is the biggest split in the public's opinion um, on who they're betting on. Really? 61% of the public is taking Cleveland. No! 61%. People acor- just acor- want to according, according to That is People true. And also, 10 points in the playoffs. That's <laughs> a, 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 a double-digit spread. 
A fun fact about the Chiefs, I've never seen a team, uh, like, even back in like, the new, old New England days, like, I don't think, there's no way the spreads reached this level of <laughs> favoritism towards one team. The Chiefs, even last year, before the Super Bowl champions, obviously, they still had some insane spreads against them in the AFC, which wasn't even weak. They were favored by 10.5 against Houston in the divisional round and 7 by Tennessee, and they covered both times. Uh, you think this if, – if the Chiefs weren't on a bye week, I think this would be closer to like 7.5. Because Cleveland's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Going to Erhard's tough, but Cleveland's not – and they, and, they, and they match up well. And they match up well against them too. I mean, like yeah. it, we, we, we we've already discussed the formula for, be, for beating the Chiefs, which several of the teams have already done, and has worked well for them for the most part. But regular season, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, if I you can just run the ball and keep time possession on yeah. your side by a substantial margin, you can beat the Chiefs and just not allow these big plays downfield that absolutely kill you. <laughs> oh, that that's gonna happen. Yeah, one of the shittiest beats of this year for me was Carolina plus ten against Kansas City. That's, I mean. Or no, I had Kansas City minus ten against Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I, I, told not, told, I told you not to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. regular season I don't take that bets. In the postseason I take that every single time. Ten every point time. spread against Carolina. I mean, the Cleveland Browns are better than that. I think this. I, I'm not gonna. It's hard to bet against the Chiefs, but I think this is a little too big. Yeah, I feel you, but I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid in the playoffs. Okay. Even if it's even if it's a bad matchup, and even if they haven't, co- they're literally three and seven against the spread in their last ten. But that's a regular season. I think I think just effort level, rest, and needing to pr- needing to assert yourself in the uh, AFC playoff picture. I mean, obviously you're already the juggernaut. Everyone knows, but being able to put it out there and then just say, "All right, you beat the Steelers. Okay, like we're gonna absolutely demolish you." I will still take the Chiefs with the points. Um, Minus ten, but this is actually my favorite tease of the weekend because if you can if you can tease the Chiefs down to minus four and over fifty one, I think this is the I think that's the easiest pick that you're gonna come what across. What odds this do you get with that? Even odds. A tease always ends up being even odds, pretty much. Well, not even, but like you know, minus like one hundred five, minus one ten. Um, I am actually gonna take the Cleveland Browns plus ten because I think I would probably. It's a, it's a coward. That line. That's a cowardly pick. That's a cowardly pick. Why? I'm just I understand the recency bias of like oh yeah the Browns played their best played the best game of the season against the Steelers this and that like really proved something. I here. just think ten points in a playoff game is too damn high. Well, I I, I would say ninety nine percent of the time yes. With this Chiefs team, no. Also, by the way, the, the Browns' motivation is outdoor. By the way, yeah, no, no one's no one's, already, no one's, no one's expecting like them to do much. anything exactly, and they literally won their version of the Super Bowl beating the Steelers. I think this after they beat their ass be, two different this games this game, year. I think this game's probably going to be out of hand halfway or like going into the fourth quarter, um, and this bet's going to swing with some garbage time points one way or another. Yeah, I so, I, we'll I, I I see where you're going with that. I just. I just feel like this is Baker's game to like come back down to earth and uh, really embarrass himself. So this I is just... also a small moment for me to just like rant that in today's NFL you have one team in the playoffs with like an actual good defense. Yeah, the Rams. The Saints are okay, mm-hmm. and Tampa can play with. They're aggressive and they blitz with the lead, but it's yeah. kind of lame. Yeah, I agree. It's no really no like a juggernaut defense. defense. I agree. Yeah. Usually, usually you do for one team that's like. 
I mean, I don't know. I think it's Rams best are closest to that, like based primarily yeah. on their defense. Uh, the game changing defense, the over under is low mm-hmm. because of that defense. But yeah, no, you don't get yeah. that a ton. If you're in the playoffs and you're in the divisional round, chances are you have an offense that can score points, and that's how you win the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <sighs> um, yeah. So official pick, I'll go with the Chiefs, but my real my real bet is going to be teasing the shit out of that game. I, I might put like four units on that tease. I feel really good about wow. it. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Um, all right, final game of the of the wild card weekends. Uh, the Bucks are traveling not a very far distance over to New Orleans to play in the second best Mercedes Benz Superdome. I say it every week, but we didn't talk about that enough. I don't know why two divisional rivals have the exact same name for their stadium, but whatever. Um, so yeah, the lines opened at New Orleans minus three and a half has since moved to. New Orleans minus three. The split on the public is pretty much even. I'm seeing 51%, 49% in favor of Tampa Bay. And I'm seeing the Bucks as a very common sharp pick this week in the, in the forums. I feel like a lot, a lot of uh, esteemed betters are all, are all going all going Bucks. Are you in the forums? I'm in, I'm in message boards. I'm in the forums. Wow. Yeah. Who's amongst you? <laughs> Commenting. Just watching, not, not commenting, just watching. Um, this is the hard. I think you said earlier the um, Bills Ravens. I actually think this might be the hardest pick of the week. Well, I think we're probably going to have the same spread by the time the, by the time the game starts. The spread's going to be the exact same. I, th- I think. This, by the way, uh, wait on this line. Wait for it to drop two and a half. If you're trying to bet New Orleans, these teams know each other. Oh, oh, oh boy, oh boy. We said a uh, question. Uh, how easy is it to beat the same team three times in one year? Oh, Chase. <laughs> it isn't easy at all, my friend. Wait, really? It's actually, some, some are saying it's hard. Whoa. <laughs> I've heard very hard, according to Daniel Arlovsky. And I take his opinion very seriously. I take him very seriously as well. Despite, he, he talks louder than I do. He, that man is screaming on an empty set of NFL Live. He also Live. enunciates, and I think he spits a little bit. He must spit. He's big hoodie with a suit, with a suit jacket, with a blazer kind of guy too. You think he is? He wears it all. I watch NFL Live on my lunch break a lot of time. <laughs> uh, West Coast uh, perks, but yeah, I see a lot of Dan Orlovsky in my day to day, in my day to day life. I'm not a big fan. I feel like Dan Orlovsky is on a part of his neighborhood watch. <laughs> Dan Orlovsky throws the neighborhood block party and like thinks it's so bumping. <laughs> He's playing like Wu Tang Clan like 30 years after the fact. Everyone's like, "Whoa, Dan, did you I get down, I, huh?" Did I tell you about the tangent he went on during the Super Bowl? I don't know what bowl game, big bowl game you called. But did I tell you about the tangent he went on about the Taco Bell commercial? Oh, how, and how scared it makes him. <laughs> oh, my God. How, Mina Kimes Dan, could beat the living shit out of Dan Orlovsky in a fist fight. 100%. I, oh, I, lo- I love you, Mina. My favorite, my favorite ESPN analyst by, by the way. I heard version. Mina Kimes um, and the ESPN, the side ESPN uh, – that they do on the ESPN Plus with like the betting lines and whatnot, and the coverage mm-hmm. of the games through that is actually very interesting. Interesting. I'll consider that next time I'm tuning in. Yeah, Mina Kimes was on it. I mean, I don't know if ESPN has any of the games this week. I don't know. If, I don't think they do. But... Yeah, shout out Mina Kimes. So listen to her podcast featuring Lenny. Uh, okay, so this is a very tough game to pick. I could see this going either way. I actually think. I, I, I wasn't very impressed by how New Orleans played last week, but they played a shitty team and played to their level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
the pace of this Tampa Bay game is going to be completely and utterly different. Um, and I think Tampa Bay's offense has hit its stride, and they're not going to put up a like, lay a dud like they did against um, New Orleans last time. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference here might be the New Orleans pass rush and their ability to shoot the gap, stop the run, make Tampa Bay's offense one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, we know Tom Brady's not skipping the clock. If you can disrupt it, I mean, it's the same same uh, key to beating Tom Brady that has been over the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Rush up the middle. You have a good chance. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. What, do you, what are your thoughts on this game? What do you think the difference is there? I think... This is going to end up being a more of a defensive matchup. Um, this is actually my one. This is my one under of the week. Fifty-two, pretty high, pretty high total actually, considering how these teams match up with each other. Um, Tampa Bay's greatest strength is their is their run defense. Actually, people don't talk about that enough. They're actually uh, the best in rushing efficiency from a defensive perspective. They're only allow- allowing three point six yards per carry. Um, and I do love their linebackers a lot. I think they could really cause some problems for Kamara. Even though there's really no stopping him, there is slowing him down and containing him, same as DeFonte as I mentioned earlier. Um, so I do think the Bucks are actually pretty well suited to match up with the, this team. And and the same and same goes for New, the New Orleans point you just made. Their biggest strength is their is their a uh, pass rush. And pass rush. Yeah, I mean, so really, I just I just don't see this game going. To a high point total, um, but really, what it comes down to for my actual pick is that I just don't see the Saints beating the Bucks a third time, and I am willing to bet on two things that happen every single year: Tom Brady getting to the uh, championship round of his conference championship rounds, and Drew Brees having a catastrophic. Uh, slash embarrassing slash uh, terrible loss in the playoffs. So I'm going heavy. I'm going heavy on Bucks and the under. And I just I'm willing to take. I mean, what really what comes down to is just taking Tom Brady as a road dog in the playoffs. If you can get Tom Brady as as a dog in the playoffs, I just think you'd be dumb not to take it. And they're and they're figuring it out, man. I think they did, they did the same thing. They also played down to. Washington's level, and uh, even with that insane pass rush, they still scored 31 points. So I almost because I, I don't know if it's it's smart to consider the past two games, but I'm gonna. And you're right, like beating a team three times, I just don't know how the fuck you pull that off. Sean Payton, and I almost feel like the X factor there. Sean Payton's a better coach than. Yes, that is the one sure. thing that's giving me a pause, for sure. I do think he can game plan well, Sean but... Sean Payton's completely going to surprise you. Like, he has enough chess pieces on this team, or you could do some, like, wild shit. Yeah. The thing is, they're also due for a playoff win. Like, a, a good playoff win, too, you know? Like, this is the year they, they really are due, and this is their last shot. But I just don't believe in Breeze at this point in his career. It's been well-documented. I don't believe in Drew Breeze at this point. I, I think... Yeah, I agree with you. I think this game is going to be decided by a field goal. Yeah. I think I, it'll be that close. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if I had to pick a team to win, I would go New Orleans. But for some reason, I want to go plus three, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Because uh, I almost feel like plus three might. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if New Orleans won their last second field goal. Tampa Bay won. I, I, I'll take the three points. Yeah, agreed. Um, who are the kickers? 
for these two teams. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, well, it should be, is Lutz healthy right now? I feel like he always hurts. I think he's healthy now. Okay. We still have Lutz. I don't know who this fucking Tampa Bay guy is. Um, Lutz, yeah, Lutz missed one against us last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, Ronald Jones is... was limited in practice on Thursday, which is a big factor for me. And Mike Evans was also limited both days this week, and so is Chris Godwin. So I think they're going to be at full health, minus probably JPP. Wow. And Taysom Hill also could not be played in this game, which is going to drive Sean Payton insane. If, if Taysom Hill can't play, Sean Payton's Sean brain Payton. might explode. Yeah. He might he doesn't know what his game plan is without Taysom Hill for like Sean five Payton. plays a game. No one's having a worse week than Sean Payton's wife. Taysom Hill. Also, also, he's coming, he's coming off a high. He got slimed last week, so I mean, uh, could I mean, could you could could things really go better for you after you've been slimed? I mean, frankly, I don't think so. No, that's yeah, like that's a that's a pretty peak moment in your life to get slimed. So. I do want to say again that nothing is more bears than taking up the last seat in an extended playoffs, an expanded playoffs, and then getting your ass handed to you. On a kids' cartoon channel, while Nate Burleson explains to five-year-olds what a false start is. That is how my Sunday went. I don't even give a shit, but that's the life that I lead. And frankly, there was no other option for which game was going to be the Nickelodeon game. There was no that other choice. That was the worst. If you it had to be that to game. convince kids to watch football, why would you put the most boring team in the NFL <laughs> on the fucking kids' cartoon channel? The other games might have been too exciting, you know. Like they're whoa, whoa, whoa. sorry. We're yeah, we we'll starting off slow. Exactly. These kids are <laughs> become addicted to football if they were to end up watching like the uh, Colts Colts Bills. You know, it'd be too much fun. They'd end up, they'd end up like us. They'd start a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and probably better too. But uh, yeah, it, 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 uh, how how sad were you when Young Sheldon popped up on the screen? <laughs> oh my god, I had it on my I had it on that my false laptop. Start. I had the I had the other thing. The I had the uh, Tony Romo on the big screen um, that, because that's where he belongs, people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I had Young Channel. I, I saw him come on, and I put the sound on for a little bit, so I didn't catch his whole fucking thing. <laughs> is, is Young Sheldon a show on Nickelodeon? I thought it was on CBS or something. Well, CBS owns Nickelodeon. But uh, I think it's one of the more like relatable characters they could have had in like, their true CBS slates. Like... They're like, all right, we're going to do like mostly SpongeBob-related things, <laughs> like 95% really SpongeBob things, but we'll throw in like a little bit of uh, like main, like main CBS channel things just for, because we own this shit, so why not? And SpongeBob is still an ongoing show on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Okay. I think, I don't know. Can you imagine? I think I, think I, might, get, I, think I, might, get, I think I might get high tonight and watch a little Nickelodeon and just like <laughs> imagine some Bears comedy and try and relate it to it. Nick at night still. It's probably, it's probably Tim Allen or Oh, oh, dude! Home Improvement was like the best. That and George Lopez. I know we've all heard the memes of like waking up at like four a.m. to like the Joe George Lopez like theme song. I love George Lopez. That was a great theme song, but uh, Tim Allen's a problematic creative. Yeah, his new his new show is actually very problematic. Really? (laughs) Yeah, like it's Last Man Standing. It's like super super conservative and and its points. I think he's like the I think he's like the only writer on the show. It's just like all right, I'm just gonna have my old man conservative takes. Yeah, 
and just force feed it down your throats because you're watching my show for some reason. Whatever, I still like Toy Story. True. I always forget he's in. Right. I always forget he's in that. All right, so um, so, so, so what, quick, what, quick 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 rundown of our picks. Okay. Right, um, right, right, I actually type these out and just I think it'd be important to recap. So would you write, run down your picks real quick? Sure. A lot of dogs for you, uh, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So I have Rams plus six and a half, Buffalo minus three, which we agree on. I have Cleveland plus ten, which we disagree on, and Tampa plus three. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. took the dogs on every single game but Buffalo. Um, very interesting fact I saw going into last week. Um, I believe the road dogs, not road dogs, just dogs in general. Come on, confirm my confirm my theory, Sid. I know the road dogs are hot this year. For the dogs on Wild Card Weekend uh, over the last fourteen or fifteen games are thirteen and one or fourteen and one. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah I think I went pretty even in my favorites versus uh, dogs last week, but. Uh... Things are changing this week. I think this is a really the deeper you get in the playoffs, the the more you want to go with the favorites. I think. I think just right, right, right. it's not it's not regular season. You just want to go. You just want to you want to like, even if it seems aggressive to go with a big favorite. I think in the playoffs you just do it because you're living it all out there. You know, there's not as many garbage time bullshit points. I mean, the effort level combined with the talent level is just going to end up being favoring the favorites a lot more. So that puts me with Green Bay uh, minus six and a half, Buffalo. Buffalo is the only game we agree on. Buffalo minus three, and then KC minus ten. I'm already not feeling good about Cleveland plus ten. I just, I just think it's too many points. Yeah. Um, I would. I, yeah, I almost want to do like plus twelve. I don't know if I'll actually bet that. That that'll be my official pick, but I don't think I'm gonna bet plus ten. It's it's so you got a ball. I mean, it feels like an easy pick when it's like, oh yeah, you just, you just like put it on there and like not even watch the game. It's just gonna be fine. But I think if you're really thinking about it, I think I just think I feel a lot more safe. I feel a lot more safe with KC minus ten, which sounds insane. But all right. All right. Also, I have a lot of side bets this week. I'm like triple. Last week too. Yeah, I know. I still am basically even thanks to that Rams money line, but. We're in, de- we're in decent shape. All right, guys. Let's have ourselves a great divisional round. Best of luck to anyone who's still in the race, besides any Packers fans, because fuck you. Suck my dick sideways. Uh, go fuck yourselves. Right, Take your shitty quarterback that's, and his overrated ass uh, out of the playoffs this week. I'll be happy to lose. I'll be happy to lose on those Packers bets if the Rams can move on. That's just, it's just good for the There's NFC no bets. I was going to root for the Packers. Fucking, I feel good about it. All right. Yeah. Have a wonderful NFL weekend. See you all next week. Go Hawks. Hired up, Peterson.